welcome to IOM3 Investigates, the podcast series of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. We are one of the UK's major science and engineering institutions and our activities are focused on the promotion and development of all aspects of the materials cycle. These include the science, design, engineering and technology of materials, minerals and mining and their practical applications. We facilitate qualifications, professional recognition and development, share knowledge and provide networking services to a global membership and wider community. We hope you enjoy our podcast series. Hello, I'm Colin Church, and I'm the Chief Executive of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining, and welcome to the latest episode of our IM3 Investigates podcast series. And I'm delighted today to be joined by two of our former presidents to talk about the experience of being the president of IOM3. Uh, Serena Best was our president in 2019 and 2020, and Neil Glover was our president in 2021 and 2022. And I'm going to let them each introduce themselves in their own words, starting in chronological order with Serena Best. Thank you, Colin. Yes, I'm a professor of material science at the University of Cambridge, and my research interests are in the specific field of biomaterials and tissue engineering. But I have a very broad interest across all of the different areas covered by IOM3, ranging from materials, minerals and mining. Thank you, Serena. Neil. Hello, everyone. I'm Neil Glover. I was president of IOM3 until December last year. And in my day job, I'm a materials technology fellow and head of materials research at Rolls-Royce in Derby, where I'm concerned mostly with long-term materials technologies for the decarbonisation of aerospace and other areas of our business. Thank you very much indeed, both. Um, I thought we might start off by just trying to understand how you got to be where you are today in terms of your your journey with IOM3. What, what led you to become president. And again, Serena, if you wouldn't mind kicking off first, please. Yeah, so I've had involvement for many, many years, and it started off by attending local society talks. So at the time, I was interested in the London Material Society. That was my closest uh, link. And so I went along to a number of really interesting evening lectures, and that made me think that I might wish to be more closely involved in the activities of the Institute. Um, I was also involved in the South East Ceramic Society. I've been involved in the Cambridge and Anglian Material Society. So beyond uh, the, the uh, London Materials Society, um, so I, I began by joining the committee and then eventually became uh, president of that particular local society. But at the same time, I was becoming more involved in various boards and divisions. Um, So I was the chair of the biomedical applications division. And uh, I was also really pleased when we were able to set up the women in materials, minerals and mining too. And then as chair of the biomedical applications division, that meant that I was sitting on the council Uh, And then eventually um, I began to join the presidential train, as it's so called. And that means that you start off as a a, a vice president. Uh, So you do that for two years. I then became senior vice president and then president uh, also for two years. And then following presidency, uh, the role is uh, that of immediate past president, which is 
uh, chair of the executive board. So um, even the presidential train takes around eight years. Uh, but before that, um, really from the age of about 20 or 22, then I had begun to really become very interested in everything that was going on in the Institute. Thank you. Neil, um, similar journey, different journey for you? I, I think broadly similar. I first became aware of the Institute when I was an undergraduate student um, many, many years ago. So I've been a, a member now for over 30 years. I, I joined as a student and, and also started to attend local society events. And then I became a committee member of the local society, the Cambridge and Anglian Materials Society. Um, then when I started work, I, I continued my membership and I became involved with the High Temperature Materials Committee, as it was then, and was later secretary of that committee and began to get involved with being on the organising committee for various technical meetings and conferences and so on. Um, around that time, I got my chartered engineer as well through through the Institute, which is really important in the, in the kind of industry that I work in and in the engineering roles. Um, and then I progressed through uh, many events, speaking and attending, doing things like judging awards and prizes. And then eventually the opportunity arose to become a trustee and to join the, uh, the presidential team. Um, and that's uh, sort of where I've been for the last uh, five years or more. Thank you. Um, so both of you have a Cambridge and Anglia link, which is which is interesting. Um, so Neil, what what do you think you've got out of this being president and, and, and being involved actively with the institute? What, what what's it done for you? I think there's a there's a huge amount to be derived from active engagement with the institute and and, and from being president um, that that comes hand in hand with that being a trustee and being part of the presidential train, also being you know. A fair level of commitment and a reasonable level of work, but as as in all things, you you get back what you what you kind of give. I, I think it's a it's a tremendous opportunity to learn about the full breadth of activity of what we do within the institute. As Serena has already discussed, from the mining, the minerals processing, the geotechnology side of things, right the way through engineering application of all the breadth of materials that we deal with, through to end of life and circular economy kind of issues, and that's. All of that is of interest to me, both sort of personally and professionally and in my in my day job, and increasingly so. And it's been a huge opportunity to to learn and make connections in that kind of area. And I think we also shouldn't underestimate the value of getting involved in the governance side of the Institute to gaining that experience of, of what it means to, to run what's a, a fairly substantial organisation in terms of... Uh, membership and activity and to understand those aspects of um, organizational governance and, and running a charity and so on and then of course there's also the, a brilliant opportunity to just meet loads of people and be inspired by the kind of great people you can meet particularly many of the early career um, individuals who we meet through things like the lecture competition and and serena what, what do you think you've you've learned from this experience and 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 what what yeah what have you gained what have you learned so I, I would agree with everything that uh, Neil has said. So this ability to meet up with like-minded people is is really important. And being part of a, a wider technical community, we had the opportunity uh, while I was the chair of the Biomedical Applications Division to uh, write a report which was looking towards the future of um, biomaterials and tissue engineering. And so um, through that, I felt that we were able to provide opinion and um, hopefully influence policy. I think that 
more broadly, um, it's important to ensure that people working in the materials, minerals and mining sector have a voice in the UK. But another aspect has been the ability to help to develop younger members and everything through from the, the lecture competition, um, both at the uh, national and, and also at the international level. And uh, as Neil also said, the, the importance of chartered engineering status and um, helping people to become members of the Institute. So um, yeah, really important to get in there and spread the word about our field. Yeah, I think that's a really uh, a very big point to make. Um, Serena, so I, we've already said that you were our president from 2019 to 2020. Um, that means it was a bit odd, wasn't it? Because, of course, 2019 was a special year for the Institute in one respect and 2020 was a very different kind of a year. Um, do, you want, do you want to say a little bit about how that felt, that that kind of strangeness, if you like? No, it was certainly uh, very different indeed. And in fact, uh, Colin, you started as the, the new CEO at that point as well. So the, the whole process of going through and appointing a new CEO uh, was a, a really uh, instructive and interesting process. And taking over from somebody who'd been in post for so many years, I think was uh, very interesting as well. The other issue uh, that uh, nobody can ignore is the fact that um, very shortly after I started my presidency, then uh, COVID hit. And I think it's probably difficult for us to actually remember pre-COVID how uh, technology uh, really wasn't actually particularly available to us to communicate. Uh, and we learned very, very quickly, and particularly through the Institute, how important it was to communicate, um, to improve the offering on the, the website and to, to serve the membership by developing this, this new um, IT, uh, the website uh, and, and everything. So uh, it was, it's, it certainly was a very interesting time. And um, I think my regret was that I was not able to uh, actually physically go and visit the, the regions and to uh, have the engagement that I wanted in person um, with the, the, the very, mem very many members uh, ac across the UK. Yes, I think you, um, I remember you saying to me that you'd been to one particular event, I think it was in Scotland, without realising it was going to be your last in-person one. Although it's a great event, it's uh, slightly an odd note in that sense. Neil, for you, um, what, what do you think has been the best thing of your time as, as, as president or in the presidential train? Um, I think probably the best thing has been the um, opportunity to, to meet and engage with so many of our members. I mean, I did... Taking over from Serena in 2021, I, I did get the sort of second half of the COVID years, um, but I was at least able towards the end of that year to begin to engage with people from across across our membership and sectors um, and really enjoyed attending the, the events that I was able to get to, particularly some of the, um, the events run by our, our mining community. But I think one of the other great things has been the level of teamwork that we have within the trustee team of the Institute. Um, there's um, a whole range of expertise and experience there, um, a diverse group of trustees. Uh, no one of us is, is sort of expert in every area, but I think between us we'll bring a, a whole range of skills. And it's great to be able to learn from the other trustees and um, learn about what they did in their careers outside of the Institute as, as well as inside of it. 
And then I think, as we alluded to earlier, the, the ability to represent materials, minerals and mining in the UK and to participate in the policy activities that we've been growing over the last few years and to contribute to the important discussions that are taking place around the, the role of materials, minerals and mining in achieving our sustainability goals. I mean, that's something that's kind of really important for all of us and it's, it's great to be able to engage with and support. And... Um... I can't remember now what your first physical event after after lockdowns was, so it'd be nice to bookend the story. I think my first physical event after lockdown was the annual dinner of the Midlands Institute of Mining Engineers, actually. And it was a fantastic event. And then I was able to go to the same event again last year as, as one of my last physical events as, as president. Excellent. Um, Serena, so for you... What, what do you think was the most challenging thing being a president? Yeah, so I think beyond COVID, uh, which which was probably the the, the biggest uh, influence on my presidency, um, I think there is the, a problem with ensuring that um, we had suitable international links, and and I think that that COVID particularly affected um, our ability to. Um, to, to visit and, and communicate to the the world at large. I think the other issue is being able to balance the day job with the commitments for IOM3. And um, it is quite a, a substantial commitment that one is making, and it is quite protracted as well. So starting from the, the vice president position right through to the immediate past president. So um, if anybody's thinking about doing this, they really need to uh, think about their whole career path. Yes, I think um, it, it is a big commitment, although, of course, it, it does grow over time. Um, the early days, perhaps, are somewhat less of a, a commitment. And Neil, for you, what, what's the thing that you look back on and go, oh, gosh, that was really tough? <laughs> I, I think there's lots of things that we've um, we've done. Perhaps just the, the the level of change over the last four or five years. I think I think you know, we recognise the need to transform quite a number of areas of the institute, um, not least the kind of digital tools and the, and the web tools, and to be able to do events such as this, this podcast or webinars and videos and so on. Um, and I think just dealing with all of that change that we've been trying to drive through has, has been very busy. Um, all in the sort of same period of time and all during the years of lockdown. Although we were very fortunate that we, we initiated a lot of that uh, transformation to digital in sort of 2018, 19, and it was, it was ready to go when we found we were no longer able to meet physically. I think, um, as Serena says, that people need to, if they're considering joining the, the trustee board or the presidential train, think about that level of commitment. And it's good to gain experience of the Institute in other roles. And, and work up to it, if you like, um, because it is quite a substantial commitment and balancing time can be can be quite challenging. And there's also a requirement to um, be able to balance the two different perspectives, I think, of your institute role and your day job. And most often the, the two um, are in concert and the concerns and the um, the objectives are, are pretty well aligned, but it is always kind of necessary to be very clear, I think, in, in your own mind and in your dealings with people, which role you're operating in at any, any given time and not to uh, uh, confuse or, or overlap the two. So I think it needs that little bit of discipline. Yes. Remembering which hat you're wearing at which time. Exactly. And sometimes yeah. being very explicit about it as well. Yes. Yeah, indeed. 
yeah no i think that's absolutely right and and so you've you've talked a bit about the the, the digital transformation and and that's clearly something that's been really important for im3 um what else looking back over over your time do you think you'd say that's the thing i want to be known for doing that's my main achievement <laughs> I don't know about anything uh, particular and, and, and single like that that I would I would call out. I felt very very much um, the digital transformation. I felt the strong ownership of that as vice president and leading on that for the trustees. I think um, the two things that I'm, I'm sort of really pleased um, over the last few years have been the expansion of our activities in terms of membership and inclusivity of membership with the setting up of the um, the different member communities, which Serena was very very heavily involved in. So. Um, I wouldn't take uh, credit for that. And also the expansion of our activities in the policy space and the provision of advice, um, informed and independent advice to government. And I think that's uh, really, really important for professional engineering institutions to play that role in public life, to represent their members and to represent well-considered, evidenced opinion into policymaking. In terms of achievements for your time as, as president, Neil, I wondered how you felt the work that you and um, other parts of IM3 were able to do around the critical minerals work. Because, of course, you sat on some advisory groups as IM3 president and, and were able to, to have a number of useful conversations. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, indeed. I, mean, I think that's a great example of our involvement in policy work and where we can bring the breadth of the IOM3 community together and critical uh, critical minerals, critical materials supply is essential for the future transition to a sustainable economy. Whether we're thinking about uh, materials like uh, catalyst materials for the hydrogen economy or whether we're thinking about electrical and magnetic materials for hybrid and electrical propulsion in transport. Um, and there are many, many issues associated with the securing the secure and ethical and sustainable supply of those materials. And those issues might go back to um, true scarcity or it might be associated with the um, the mining uh, practices and the social justice associated with that, or it might be associated with the processing and application of those materials. And an organisation like the Institute is, is really ideally um, placed to bring together knowledge of all of those factors and provide that knowledge into governments or other bodies. So as you say, I was involved in and continue to be involved in a, uh, a number of government advisory roles in that area. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really, really important to the UK economy and the global economy. And um, so it's, it's very good to be able to contribute in those areas. Serena, looking back over your time as president and the immediate past president, what, what, what would you point to as the things that you're really proud of in, in terms of delivery? I agree absolutely with Neil's comments that um, it, it's really that I feel that the Institute has truly come into the 21st century uh, in terms of what it's able to offer the membership. I think that the uh, interaction and the ability to influence government uh, is key, um, but equally the diversity and inclusion agenda has been addressed in a, a very positive way. Um, but I, I would just follow up to say that um, really the president is a, a figurehead and much of the work that has been going on is, is down to the IOM3 staff. And uh, so that has been a hugely positive experience to uh, deal with people who are, are so 
um, engaged and committed to the Institute um, through what has been a really, really tricky time. So um, I think, yes, uh, I uh, may have achieved a few things, but I think it's the Institute as a whole that has has moved forward so well. Yes, I heartily agree that I have a a group of very, very dedicated and professional colleagues. So, yes, thank you for that. There might be somebody listening to this podcast who's thinking, you know, I quite fancy the idea of becoming president. And both of you have given a little tidbit here and there about some of the thoughts that you might have. Um, can you give me one really good reason to do it and one thing to think about if to prepare yourself to, uh, to, to, to worry about, to solve or whatever else before you do it? Um, who'd like to go first? Um, I'm happy to go first, if you would like, Colin. Please do. Um, I, and I would encourage people to get uh, involved in the Institute in, in whatever way they feel they're able. I think the Institute can only achieve things through the contribution of its members supporting the, the ION3 team. Um, I think what it's able to bring to people is the opportunity to think about and get exposed in issues across our sector that are so much broader than your own uh, individual day job. Um, but what I would say to people is to, as we said, to think carefully about the level of time commitment that they have available and to gain some experience and visibility of what the roles entail before they kind of start to uh, commit to the, to the more senior roles. So work your way up and plan it and plan it consciously as part of your, your career outside of the Institute as well. Serena? Yeah, so uh, just echoing Neil's thoughts. This is your institute, if you're a member, and uh, it's your opportunity to influence what is going on um, and to get exposure to the very broad range of topics and areas that the, the institute covers. Um, so my advice, if you're interested in getting involved, um, is to sort of just get a, a, a first-hand experience of, of the way things work. Um, so uh, the easiest thing is to attend local society meetings, um, get to know people that way, um, but uh, look in materials well. There are all sorts of roles being advertised and um, there, there is a, a very welcoming um, set of people who uh, who are very, very keen to encourage volunteers to do all sorts of different roles within the institute so uh please uh don't don't think too hard about it but uh um get in touch and uh see see what you can contribute excellent thank you very much indeed and if uh, you're wondering where to start and you've had a look at the various things that are available and, and can't see what uh, suits you then there's always the option to just reach out to us there's a contact form on the website and if you tell us what you're interested in, we'll see how we can help you. Um, any last thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with? I think it's a, a wonderful experience and it's uh, an incredibly important uh, part of the uh, community. So um, it's very important that people do contribute. Uh, and I'm really, really pleased that um, I've had the involvement that I have over, over those many years. I would say the same. Uh, please do come forward and contribute. Please do become a volunteer. Um, it's it's both good for you as an individual in terms of career development, and it's the only way that the Institute can continue to do the important work that it does on behalf of its members. 
Thank you very much indeed. Thank you to Neil Glover, President from 2021 to 2022, and Serena Best, President from 2019 to 2020. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and uh, keep listening for more. information about us visit iom3.org or to keep up to date with our latest news follow us on social media using at iom3 on twitter and at the institute of materials minerals and mining on linkedin if you're interested in our upcoming podcasts or want to get involved please subscribe to hear more from us through apple google podcasts or spotify